This is the Mutual Audio Drama Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Once again, Decoder Ring Theater presents another page from the casebook of that master of mystery, that sultan of sleuthing, Martin Bracknell's immortal detective, Black Jack Justice, starring Christopher Mott as Jack and Andrea Lyons as Trixie Dixon, girl detective. The name's Dixon. Trixie Dixon, girl detective. I knew that I had finally crossed the fine line that separates boredom from madness when I started playing chess with Jack. Old Squarejaw had arrived at the office with a dust-covered set in an old box two months earlier. At first, I thought he was simply trying to lend a touch of class to the dump, or perhaps impress the poor, unsuspecting souls to whom we offered resolution of their earthly troubles for the modest fee of $35 a day plus expenses. But he had taken such care in cleaning each piece and setting them on the little table behind his desk just so that I began to suspect the apparatus held something I detested. Sentimental value. I disliked knick-knacks for two reasons. One, they bred clutter, and we had just about all we could stand of that as it was. And two, sooner or later, no matter how hard you try to demonstrate disinterest, someone will tell you just where they got that ashtray, or the moving story behind the acquisition of that pine cone with the glued-on Google eyes. As if the presence of a treasured memento wasn't enough. Like most sentiment... Someone had to be watching to make it seem real. Check. Stop saying that. I'm supposed to say it. Not all the time. No, not all the time. Just whenever I could take your king with the next move. Which is all the time. Apparently, yes. You're not allowed to take the king. You have to get him surrounded. The term is checkmate. And if we could just make the next six moves, I'd demonstrate. You're pretty cocky. Just move out of check, would you? All right. How do you like these apples, tough guy? I like them fine. Check. Stop saying that. It's a rule. This is a stupid game. Then why did you want to play? You've been sitting playing games by yourself for the last four days like a kid throwing a ball against a wall. It was getting a little pathetic. They aren't games. They're problems. Exercises. What are you exercising for? If we could just make the next four moves, I'd demonstrate. Oh, yeah, smart guy? Well, how about this? Check. That's an excellent move. Thank you. Except knights don't move like that. Says you. They don't move like that. Well, why the blaze is not? What good is a knight if he can't race across a board and kick you into the middle of next week? Oh, my. Did you say something small and mouse-like? Me? I'm just sitting here waiting to say checkmate. I could have sworn. I think it was me, actually. There it is again. Tricks. Yeah? Behind you. No. Oh. Hello. I beg your pardon. Am I interrupting something? We must have cut quite the pair, the girl detective and I. Whatever positive image we projected by huddling around a chessboard, I was fairly certain that we had managed to dispel by missing the entrance of our prospective client by who knows how many minutes, to say nothing of Trixie's inability to remember which way the horsey moves. It was moments like these that I usually realized how far from the social graces we had sunk during several days of inactivity. We had been enjoying a rare, robust spell in the application of law and order, and the compensation for same. Five days ago, I had been glad of a chance to unwind and catch up on office work. The next day had seemed like a fine time to finally dig out the old chessboard. By the end of the week, I had suddenly looked at the tall but slight form of Raymond Davis blinking at us. I realized that I was sitting with my suspenders pulled up over my undershirt, and that Mighty King, the office watchdog, was asleep on my shirt and coat a short distance away. My old hat was perched on the back of my head as I leaned back in my chair. I was certainly one of the more stylish hobos to be found in the greater downtown area. 
It was a good thing Raymond Davis came by when he did. Another day left to ourselves, and we'd been whittling and playing a jug. Can we offer you a cup of coffee, Mr. Davis? No, no coffee for me, please. I have urgent business to discuss. King, buddy, I'm going to need that shirt back. I will not keep you long. I know how busy you must be. I'm prepared to eat a certain amount of sarcasm for a fee, Mr. Davis, but it does tend to drive the rates up. Jack, I assure you, I intended no insult. I stand here a man of plain speech and simple dealing. Uh oh, Jack. Your agency is currently retained by a Miss Angela Barnes. Is it? What? Please don't be coy. I have neither the time nor the patience for games. Listen, pal. Please carry on, Mr. Davis. You don't bother to deny your involvement with Miss Barnes. Would there be much point? Quite so, Miss Dixon. I make it a point to be well informed of such things. What, Jack? What? Check, would you? Roger that. Who is Angela Barnes to you then? I told you, I am Raymond Davis. So you said. Come now, surely, Miss Barnes. Plain speech and simple dealing, Mister Davis. So we understand one another. Very well. Your firm was retained to act on behalf of Angela Barnes because she believes me to be a blackmailer. Does she? A, t- a terrible misunderstanding. Quite. So what's this to you? I should think that would be clear. Think again. Must I be plain? I want you to drop her. Drop her. I want you and your partner off the case at once before there is any scandal. Now hold on here, Davis. Mister Davis, I don't know what you've heard, but this isn't really the way it works. When a detective takes on a job, there's a relationship of trust established. You don't just drop a client and walk away. It isn't done. Besides, besides, it's bad for business. Did I miss a meeting? So that's it, is it? I should bid for your loyalty. Listen, Davis, once and for all, I'll give you a thousand dollars. What? Cash. Let's get this straight. You're offering Mr. Justice and I one thousand dollars in exchange for which we agree from this moment forth not to act on behalf of Angela Barnes. Precisely. Jack, be a dear and draw up a contract for Mr. Davis. It was a calculated risk having Jack fill out our standard contract. After all, I could have done it in half the time, and every moment that he and our new client were in the same room, the odds increased exponentially that Jack would shoot his mouth off and queer the deal. He was halfway between a fume and a sputter, and didn't quite know how to deal with any of this. But he struggled manfully with the carbon paper and kept his trap shut like a good boy until Raymond Davis was in the elevator down the hall, leaving a small but meaningful pile of hundred-dollar bills in his wake. Well, well, we eat tonight. I'm thinking Italian. Italian. Chinese. Trixie, have you gone bananas? What? You've gone off noodles altogether. When did this happen? We just took a thousand dollars to drop our client Angela Barnes. No, we took a thousand dollars not to act on behalf of Angela Barnes anymore. We weren't acting on her behalf an hour ago. We don't know an Angela Barnes. She's never been a client. We aren't working for any Angela Barnes. Right. And an hour ago, we were doing it for free. Now we're getting a thousand clams for doing it. Doing what? Exactly. I need a drink. I think we can afford that too. Swell. What do we do? You mean do we order the lasagna or the veal parmesan? Yeah, obviously that's what I mean. I'll get my coat. I don't know about veal. I don't know what you have to do to a cow to make it taste that much like boiled chicken, but it can't be good. What are you doing? Flipping casually through a city directory. Why? Idle curiosity. If you're looking through the bees, I was just wondering how many Angela Barneses there could be. Jack, 
Try not to be a complete idiot for once. We have the simplest assignment of our lives, and you're blowing it. I have done exactly nothing. Yes, but you were about to. You were about to do exactly something when we have been engaged to do exactly nothing. You were about to create a scenario that could very well result in my having to give that little gas bag his thousand dollars back, and that's a problem for me. Tricks! This guy's a blackmailer. Yep. Think if that was really what this was about, he would have said it out loud with a gun to his head. So what is it about? I don't know. And you don't care? No, Jack, I really don't. If Raymond Davis is a bad guy, he's a bad guy with worse information. He just paid off the wrong detectives. He dropped the ball, and whoever's actually working on the actual case will make him pay for it. You're sure? I'm not paid to be sure. In fact, today I'm paid not to be sure. Angela Barnes, one four four Richmond. Jack. For the love of God, do not make me shoot you. And that's where it stood. After weeks of peep jobs and complaining about same, we finally had an honest-to-goodness mystery on our hands. And the one thing we absolutely couldn't do was investigate. But any way you sliced it, and however badly the private detective's benevolent fund could use a thousand-dollar boost, there was no getting around the fact that there was clearly a storm brewing on the horizon for one Angela Barnes, likely of one four four Richmond. In the great war between good and evil, we were and always had been mercenaries at best. But even mercenaries play by certain rules, and one of ours was never leave a damsel in distress, even if she didn't have the sense to have hired you in the first place. Something had to be done. But the clutch of Trixie's delicate paw around the stack of bills made it clear that she had no plan to relinquish her new best friends without a fight. Of course, no one had said we wouldn't or couldn't investigate our new client Raymond Davis, unless that was what Davis thought we were doing in the first place, or in the process we ended up helping Angela Barnes. Putting the job in writing was good policy, and it had kept us out of the pokey in the civil courts more than once. But on this one, we were on thin ice, and we knew it. It looked like the only way to do the right thing and keep the ill-gotten booty was if someone forced us to do the right thing against our apparent will. And there was only one guy who just might do that if we asked nicely. You two have finally gone off your rockers. You know that? What's the matter, Lieutenant Sabian? Did we forget to say pretty please? I will say this very softly and only once. Get out of my office! For Pete's sake, Vic, what's the big deal? The police don't investigate crimes anymore. In fact, we do, Dixon. We investigate actual crimes that have actually been committed by actual criminals, not zany hunches dreamed up by bored gumshoes who don't have the brains to recognize when they just won the lottery. My advice: close the office early and get some chicken. Oh, chicken! Don't start. Listen, Lieutenant. Don't snow me, Justice. You only call me lieutenant when you want a favor. Usually, one so completely out of line you can't even believe you're asking me for it. See all these files all over my desk? Is that what these are? I thought you were growing stalagmites. They are the quarterly arrest reports. Nelson needs to have these on the commissioner's desk by Monday in some kind of logical sequence, which means he'll be in here all afternoon so I can explain every little thing to him very, very slowly. Gee, and it'd be a shame if something interrupted your quality time with Nelson. Yeah, well, shut up. Look, Sabian, all we're asking is call the number. Call the number and ask Angela Barnes if she's ever heard of Raymond Davis. This is her number. Yeah, and if anyone asks, you looked it up yourself. Ah,、oh, Christmas. 
Was that a good home? Is there such a thing? Yeah, operator. This is Lieutenant Victor Sabian. I was trying to get through on... Oh, yeah? The line's not engaged. Anyway, knowing how long... I see. Thanks. All right, get your hats. What is it? Probably nothing. Angela Barnes' line is open, but there's no one on a call. What does that mean? It means the lady left the phone off the hook, but if I gotta go out there, you two clowns are coming with. Oh, no. Not us. No, no, no. I am not your errand boy. Sabian, the only way we can go is if you make us go. Since when have I been able to make you two do anything? I mean it. It's gotta be official. Official how? Like no option official. Like material witness official. Right. What? Come on, Sabian, you can't pass up a chance like this. Like what? I'm begging you, Flatfoot. Arrest us. You are listening to Blackjack Justice from DecoderRingTheater.com. The name's Sabian. Lieutenant. Homicide. I know what you're thinking. You figure it was the giddy thrill of typing Jack Justice's name on an arrest form that sent me over the edge. You'd be wrong about that. I tossed that ape in the monkey house so many times that I... Uh... Well, leaving aside for the moment that I was sure there was a decent metaphor in there at one point, that wasn't it. Nor was it the sight of the most ironically named of all of the city's finest, the intrepid Sergeant Nelson closing in on my office, his pointy little head already spinning at the thought of collating reports for the next eight or ten hours in the company of yours truly. Such a sight has sent better men than I shrieking to the booby hatchery, but not I, and not on this good day. No. In the end, there was one reason and one reason only that I left for the Barnes Dame's apartment with Lord and Lady Flatfoot in tow, barking an order over my shoulder for the desk sergeant to fill out an arrest report for me. And that was this. If you were to take every decent piece of detective work those two had done in their lives and laid them out end to end, they wouldn't have been worth half of what Raymond Davis had thrown them to back off from the Barnes case, if there had ever been one. That was too screwy to be believed. It was either an act of a dangerous lunatic or a man tragically misinformed on the value of a dollar. In any case, when I found him, it was my intention to shoot him on general principles. Oh, and if anyone asks, I only handcuffed Justice and Dixon together because it's standard procedure and rules are rules. Actually, I just thought it was funny. Miss Barnes? Miss Barnes, it's the police! Sabian, did it ever occur to you that you'd catch more bad guys if you didn't knock? Will you cut it out? Cut what out? The dramatic gestures. My arms are six inches shorter than yours. You're pulling them out of the sockets. Do we really need the cuffs, Sabian? You want to keep the thousand clams, don't you? We gotta make it look good. Miss Barnes! Miss Barnes, I'm coming in! Hallelujah! Christmas. This place is a mess. Miss Barnes? Wait here, lovebirds. Don't say that. It's cruel and unusual punishment. And I'm just getting started. I'm going to check back here. Not much of a housekeeper, is she? You think? What does that mean? Short arms and not. You can see everything I can. But not everything I can. Get back here, you two. What is it? Sabine, what did you... Oh. 
Yeah. Oh. Angela Barnes, I presume? She didn't get real specific, Dixon. I think the noose she's hanging from might make the introductions awkward. Brother. And then some. Just for the record, neither of you recognize the late Angela Barnes or whoever happened to hang herself here about an hour ago, maybe? Nope. Nope. Looks like maybe there was something to the blackmail scheme after all. Why do you say that? Why else does a pretty girl like this go and do a thing like this unless she thinks her life is over already? That's sweet and sentimental, Sabian, and almost dead wrong. What are you saying? This girl is what, 5'4", five, 5'5"? Five, five? Something like that. The chair's another foot and a half. So? So? Short arms, Vic. No way this girl reaches up to tie off the rope on that hook. Not clean like that. She'd have found a way if she wanted it bad enough, but it'd never look that good. Seems like a stretch. That may be the all-time lousy pun. I didn't... Ah, call him a coroner. Tell him to bring the kid gloves, Sabian. Why? Look at this room. And look at anything but the corpse. Neat as a pin. And not at all like the other room. Come on. It's not a mess. It's been tossed. She may be slow, but she gets there in the end. And you knew this because? The little bookshelf in the end table over there in the corner. Also neat as pins, whatever the heck that means. So whatever someone was looking for, they stopped looking when they found it. And they might have beat it down the fire escape. That window's open. Now who's making the dramatic gestures? Shut up. The question is, did they find whatever they found before the lady hung herself? I'm telling you, there's no way she... Until the coroner says no, she hung herself. Swell. So much for the client we never had. Yeah. Let's go see the client we do have. Finding Raymond Davis was easy enough. He actually lived at the address he provided us on his contract. This was fairly strange behavior for a murderous blackmailer. For that matter, so was attracting attention to himself with his $1,000 stunt this afternoon. I had started the day alternating between greed and curiosity. Now I was feeling decidedly set up. But the good news was, finding Raymond Davis was easy enough. Questioning him was going to be a little harder. Been dead a while by the look of him. Took two in the back of the head. 38, I think. At least. What a mess. So Davis was a blackmailer after all. Which you deduced by... Knock it off, Dixon. The Barnes dame figures she's had enough. She pumps two bullets into her own blackmailer, gets home, can't live with what she's done, and does what she does. Tossing her own apartment before she does so. Before she left in the first place looking for the gun. And the fire escape? Not steer fire escape. She opened the window. She needed air. She was upset. Thirty-eight's not exactly a lady's gun. I am personally carrying two thirty-eights right now. For example? Hey. And two in the back of the head? The exit wounds took most of his face off. You think this cupcake knows from exit wounds? No, and that's my problem. She'd have known he was dead after one. The second shot was just to make sure he wasn't pretty. And he was maybe eight inches taller than her. He'd have to be on his knees for her to get that shot off. Seems pretty cold for someone who's just going to go home and hang herself. You two make this as complicated as you like. It doesn't change the fact that this happened while you were figuring out how to keep your thousand bucks. If I wouldn't feel so stupid explaining this to a judge, I'd run you both in for real this time. Give me those cuffs. It was fun tormenting you, but now you're just bothering me. That'll be Nelson. I told him to call when they were finished at the Burns Dame's place. Sabian! Yeah? Yeah? 
Yeah. Yeah? Truly one of the great orators of our time. Oh, hold on a minute. Shut up! All right. Pack it in there and get the coroner over here to Davis's place. What do you mean, why? For a lecture on bicycle safety, why do you think? What? Yes, Nelson, that part was a joke. Say goodnight, Gracie. Well, Davis was a blackmailer. What? Been charged twice. The complaints were withdrawn, nothing ever stuck, but he was a blackmailer right enough. Jeez. Have we been wrong about this whole thing? Not quite. The coroner says there's no way Angela Barnes could have tied that rope off herself. So if it helps, we're all wrong. Swell. So how do we get right? Sabian, can you get Nelson back on the phone? Do I have to? Yes. What's in it for me? One of the zany gumshoe hunches I just dreamed up. Ah, Christmas. Thank goodness those bungling policemen have finally gone. I can only pray that they didn't dig too deeply. I don't dare risk a light. I'll have to rely on my torch. I've searched almost everywhere. They must be in that little table or... Or the bookshelf over here. What the... Actually, they were in the bedroom. You! But you didn't have the stomach to search the room with a swinging corpse in it, did you, Mr. Davis? But how? As if that was your real name. Who are you? He's the man who arrested all of us today. But... But you weren't supposed to be here. Nope. We were just supposed to sit around and wait to read about the murder of Raymond Davis and the suicide of Angela Barnes. Then we stepped forward with our little tale of blackmail and bribery and helped the police close the books on both cases without ever suspecting you. And just in case some wiseacre asked us to identify Davis's corpse, you made sure he didn't have a face left. The rest of him more or less fits your description, and it all played out pretty simple. If you hadn't screwed up in so many places, I don't even know where to start. Like leaving this place turned half upside down. My guess is he bolted out the window when someone was knocking for Miss Barnes, Lieutenant. Guess who that could have been? Shut up. I gave you two a thousand dollars to do nothing. Nothing! You tried to buy yourself a couple of patsies and it blew up in your face. And these pictures of you and Angela Barnes we found in her room make it pretty easy to guess there was a blackmail in back of this. But it was the both of them blackmailing you. So what if I did? They were out to ruin my life and they got what they deserved. Maybe they did. But so will you, I promise you. Well, if nothing else, I will have one last satisfaction. Oh, yes? I'll have my thousand dollars back. And don't bother to give me the song and dance about being arrested. They won't have to. Since whatever your name is, it probably isn't the Raymond Davis you signed on the X. You could argue that the whole contract is null and void. Hey, Vic, don't help us out so much, would ya? You could argue that if you wanted to take the matter to civil court. But I'll see you fry for double homicide before you collect. That's our boy. Yeah, yeah. You two do me a favor and don't do me no more favors for a while. And with that, he was gone. Taking the man who was definitely not Raymond Davis with him. Sometimes the life of a private detective was dangerous and sometimes it was dull. But you never once had to haul a suspect downtown and dot the I's and cross the T's like Sabian was about to have to. 
He'd have to prove everything we just figured, and do it beyond a reasonable doubt. And since we didn't even know the Laughing Boy's real name yet, that sounded like a lot of work. Jack and I? We finally got to do what we'd been hired to do in the first place. Nothing. A thousand bucks worth of nothing, in fact. You couldn't really blame the guy for trying. Backed into a corner, he'd try to buy himself a couple of pawns. But life's never quite as simple as a chessboard. It's only rarely black and white, and the horsies have a bad habit of moving in unexpected ways. Blackjack Justice, episode 26, The Do-Nothing Detective, was written and directed by Greg Taylor and starred Christopher Mott and Andrea Lyons with additional voices supplied by Gregory Z. Cook and Greg Taylor. This recording and the story, characters, and situations depicted within are the property of their author and creator and protected by copyright. Until next time, remember, DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure. Apparently, you enjoy listening to audio dramas, since you're hearing this message. I'll keep it short so you can get back to the fun stuff. If you would like to see and experience how all these stories, voices, sound effects, and music come together to create theater of the mind, make plans to visit the Modern Audio Drama Convention in Halifax, Nova Scotia, July 24th through 26th, 2020. Meet the creators. Find out how to write, record, mix, sweeten, and produce movies that play in your head. See what the voices you hear actually look like. We never look like we sound. For all the details, visit madcon.com. That's M-A-D as in modern audio drama, then dash as in dash on over, then con as in convention, duh, then dot as in it'll be the most fun you've had in a while, period, then com as in come on over, we'll love to see you. Madcon, your ears and brain will thank you.